All right. It's the holidays. Things are getting crazy. I've been really hectic. I think my yeah. brain isn't quite working the way that it should. You mind giving me a, like, a reminder about something? I'm having a hard time putting this together. Okay. What is that movie where there is a crazed psycho killer that murdered his family uh-huh. that gets locked up mm-hmm. and then wants to escape... Gotcha. On a major holiday to return back to his home that he grew up in and murder a bunch of teenage girls. What movie mm. is that one? Hmm. I can't Sounds remember. Sounds like Black Christmas to me. Yeah. That Black See, Christmas was, 2006. <sighs> first thing that comes to mind. I was thinking Halloween. Like for what? some reason in my head, that? I was like, what wait. Is that? is that a movie? Is that, is that a movie? Is that the same one? I thought that was just a holiday. Oh, Maybe I'm getting it mixed you up. Talk you talk know? about a Michael Meyer. That's the one. Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the one I was trying to think of. But you know what? That is also Black Christmas 2006, isn't it? It sure is. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> Which is the subject of today's episode on the newest installment of Dead and Lovely. Ho, ho, ho. I am your ho, ho, host, your good buddy Uncle Ben, and I am joined, as always, by... Me, Hollywood Steve, oh. with the sludgiest voice I've ever had. Is that your lewd phone call voice? <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, this is what I call... Uh, sorority girls uh, to speak in several different voices. That's one of them. Nice. I also got the one where I talk like this. Mm, that's pretty <laughs> irritating. I'm not yeah. sure about that one. <laughs> not a good Ooh, one. <laughs> damn, man. We're here to be talking about that dang old movie and busting it wide open and busting open a co-beer and all kinds of stuff. If you want to get straight to the movie review portion, there's a timestamp for you in the podcast description. But... If you don't kick off them goddamn socks and shoes and have a good time with your boys, you're going to be on the naughty list. That's Spoilers. right. Mm-hmm. Spoilers. Spoilers. I'll tell Santa you what, man. Slay is going to pass you by. Mm-hmm. That's right. I'm going to go ahead and crack myself open a co-beer code. Mm-hmm. You got a problem mm-hmm. with that? No, go for it. Go for it. Well, I'll tell you what this is right here. This is one what was gifted to me by the very Roger Dean Miller, the last time that I seen him in Nashville, Tennessee, he gave me this very rare, very hard to come by, Wake Up Worldwide Stout mm. by the fine folks over at Dogfish Head. Okay. Now, this thing right here is a monster. I'm trying to see. Mm. Okay. I don't think it has the ABV listed on it, but it's like 14, 15%. It's wowzers. Yeah. It is a, let's see here, it's got maple syrup, it's got cinnamon, it's got some cold brew coffee, it's got all kinds of things in here, and it promises to maybe knock me plum square on my ass. I might be plum <laughs> shit-faced off this one beer. What do you think about that? I kind of I kind of like to see that. Well, maybe we find out about Hell it. Hell yeah. Boy, it is dark. It's got a little effervescence to it. Ooh, it smells delightful. It's dank. Mm -mm. It's dark. It's got a little bit of that roasty coffee kind of flavor. Let's just dip a whisker in it and maybe find out. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to hear what it tastes like. Wow. Oh, my God. Tastes like wow. Holy moly. It's like wow. That's what that song is about. (laughs) It's like wow. Uh Um, That's incredible. It is so rich and like bittersweet dark chocolatey it really has the flavor of like a really good you know 90 percent cacao kind of chocolate very bitter Mm -hmm. 
Um, also, the alcohol is incredibly masked, and it's not even that sweet. Like, it really has wow. that bittersweet flavor without being too cloyingly heavy, but That's it's still awesome. somehow chock full of alcohol. <laughs> it's 14 to 15% for a, a beer. Mm. Yowza. And you can't really taste it. That's That's insane. Huh. That is. That's a beer what drinks like a wine. That's what that is right there. Yeah, for sure. You've been whining lately. How's that turning out for you? Oh, great. I just uh, just uh, bottled a uh, pink Moscato that I made for Anna because she, she has this brand of wine she loves that's from Aldi, and it's only sold at Aldi, and there are no Aldis out here. So I looked it up. Found out like where they got their grapes from and stuff, and made my approximation of it. And she said, "Pretty close." Uh, well, and it tastes real good. So I I'm excited to have it after it's aged in the bottle a little bit because uh, it still had still had a little bit of a young taste to it, a little bit of that like uh, like new wine taste. But after it sits for a little while, I think it's going to be nice and jammy and delicious. Well, look out right there, man. Usually yeah. I find a Moscato to be too much on the sweet side for myself because I'm sweet enough as it is. But sometimes well, you know, <laughs> if you're having like a really hot and spicy time yeah. meal, sometimes that can work. Yeah, for sure. But this Moscato went pretty dry. And when I went to back sweeten it, I didn't end up adding much. I added about two grams for every hundred. So really not a lot of sweetness. It's just it's got a lot of natural fruit flavors to it that are coming through that kind of I'm I'm enjoying very much and have to stop myself from drinking so that Anna can enjoy it on her birthday. <laughs> oh my man! Hey, you remember last week on the show I was talking about like my my sleep troubles and so yeah, on. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I've been getting some good sleep partially oh, yeah? because of some shit that that Kate ordered online. Did I tell you about that fucking magical hot chocolate? No. What's this all about? So she got advertised this shit like right as I was sleeping bad because the phone was listening to us being like, he's not sleeping good. Sell him something. <laughs> right. Not a sponsor. It's this company called Beam, B-E-A-M. Now, I used to use Beam to fall asleep in the form of Jimmy Beam. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Getting plum drunk on corn uh-huh. whiskey. But uh-huh. this stuff is called Beam, and it's like a, it's like a hot chocolate powder that you mix up with milk or water. And it doesn't have sugar in it, sweetened with like monk fruit. So it has a little bit of that, you know, stevia kind of taste, which is okay. But it's like chocolate and cinnamon. And it's also got like some kind of magical, um, like calming mushroom blend in there, as well as like CBD and like a little melatonin. Dude, it is a cup of rest. I will tell you (laughs) what. That shit is amazing. That sounds great. It is. You just like have it a little bit before you want to go to bed, and that's right. Off you trot, huh? Mm -hmm. I usually just put a straw in it on my nightstand, and I fall asleep suckling on it. (laughs) It's a crazy straw. It's real long. Yeah, and I just drink (laughs) on it all night. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because every time I snore and I go, I I pull a little bit out of there. You know, Uh that's how it keeps you asleep. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. all night long Mm -hmm. till it runs out. Then I wake right up. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Works good. So if you're having trouble getting some of them wintertime sleeps, check you out a beam. Get your pull. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I, I take melatonin, uh, and the, the thing that I always forget is you're supposed to take it a couple hours before you want to go to sleep. Um, hours? Dude, it kicks in fast on your boy. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
I have well, like the yeah, dissolve under tongue ones, so maybe they work fast. I don't know. Oh yeah, that is that is the better way to go for sure. I got some gummies, but yeah, okay. I, I'll I'll tell you what, uh, melatonin helps a lot. Definitely helps me feel rested the next day. I, I don't I don't know how much it helps me get to sleep. I think I'm just tired already, but I feel like the sleep is more restful because of melatonin. Dude, the only problem is, is whenever you, you do melatonin and it knocks your ass out, uh-huh. if you have to like get up in the middle of the night to like yeah, let the dog sucks. out in an emergency yeah. or something, yeah. it, it is like you're under sedation. It yeah, is so rough. hard. It's for uh-huh. you like feel sludgy. Like, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> Absolutely. it's the last time you want, you know, somebody in the household to have like an emergency fucking heart attack oh, or stroke or something. Yeah. I'd be useless, man. Do you get the crazy <laughs> dreams on melatonin? Sometimes I do. Uh, I did when I first started taking it, but that was years ago. I've been taking it consistently since. And yeah, no, I, I I honestly, I think the only dreams I ever remember are the crazy dreams. So okay, yeah. yeah, like I don't ever really remember the mundane stuff. I had this dream the other night that I went to check my phone like next to me on the, on the nightstand. And when I grabbed it, like I pulled the cord and the cord pulled out of the wall and like kept pulling like along the wall <laughs> up the ceiling and oh, it was like shit. this horrendous anxiety dream where i was like fuck fuck how am i gonna pay for this that's amazing <laughs> dude the worst one i had recently was like last week whenever i was having all that trouble sleeping there was one night that i didn't fall asleep until like six in the morning right and okay. i woke up at you know whatever eight thirty after that and I woke up from a dream in which I was sitting up in bed watching the sunrise because I wasn't sleeping. It was so insulting. Huh. It was like, <laughs> God damn it. I woke up from a dream in which I wasn't even rested. It was so lame. Like, fucking really? brain. For real? Yes. Why, the worst. why do our brains hate us like this? Intelligent design, my fucking ass, man stupid it's like oh yeah. the most basic thing you need to do to replenish your fucking life force maybe i just won't let you do it tonight jerk yeah, maybe tonight it'll be hard to put your brain into a crazy unconscious state that for some reason keeps us from going insane yeah but then like the very next day it'll be like oh you've worked a fucking 12 hour shift at work and you're really tired and the sun is down but you're driving your car home might be about time to go to bed. <laughs> like, what the fuck? The God damn it, brain. Trail. Yeah, no, I'm busy. I am busy. <laughs> Shit. Drives me crazy. We had a dang old Thanksgiving this week, didn't we? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, uh, I certainly gave thanks for food. Uh, mm. not, you know, as, as I uh, have said in the past, I love a Thanksgiving because of the cooking and the food. I certainly don't celebrate uh pilgrims coming over here what the, the assholes that the english were like god just get go oh man <laughs> no, I mean, without them, them you'd be you'd be back in jolly old england or something eating uh beans and mushrooms for breakfast whatever yeah yeah, yeah that sounds fun uh, beans and mushrooms for breakfast <laughs> What are y'all doing? <laughs> Why? Any- <laughs> Why? What are you doing? Anyway, um, yeah, yeah, we had a we had a, a friendsgiving celebration, and uh, I volunteered for like everything because I love Bob from Bob's yeah, Burgers. Because I'm Bob from Bob's Burgers, so uh, yeah, I made a turkey, I made dinner rolls, I made mashed potatoes and gravy, I made a uh, pumpkin pie and a pumpkin cheesecake. Well, I didn't have a pumpkin pie at all this year, dude. What? None. Oh. Okay, listen here. 
you can still make pumpkin pie. It's still acceptable. I think I should, dude. Yeah. I think I should. Go go check out Preppy Kitchen's uh, pie crust and pumpkin pie recipe. I I followed that with a little, like, adjustment from a Claire Saffitz Mm. video I saw for, like, the, the pumpkin spice and some other stuff. But the crust was the best I've ever made like it was nice and browned on the bottom and not soggy at all inside like oh yeah so good the cheesecake was amazing like just so good but that turkey man i'll tell you what i uh i followed uh a bon appetit video uh for maple uh maple butter glazed turkey oh my god what it ended up so juicy and delicious of course i like uh, spatchcocked it, cut it all up. I, I listen. I'm telling you right now, if all you're doing is opening up the bird, that's that's cool. But I'll tell you what you do: you cut them wings off, detach the thighs, get rid of every excess bit that you know people aren't going to eat. Yeah, and use that for stock. And you're Focus gonna have good parts. Yeah, yeah. And then you're gonna have the turkey has the most possible like heat getting to the meat so you can get it done quickly while also keeping it nice and moist especially if you do a wet brine or a dry brine i did a dry brine because it just didn't have the time to do the wet brine but man i'll tell you what it was it was succulent delicious Mm -hmm. amazing and boy i'll tell you what every year the gravy is my favorite thing i outdid myself this year it was like half a bottle of wine reduced in, in there, like six cups of uh, fresh made turkey stock. And it ended up like so perfect. And then I had this like, I don't know, maybe about half to a cup worth left at the end. And I was trying to figure out what to do with it. And I ended up making a curry with it. And oh, it was geez. so good. A turkey curry. <laughs> it was awesome. So, I bet it makes sense because it's got like yeah. a naturally, you know, stronger flavor than right, chicken, yeah. which we usually use in curry. So I'm sure that it was fine, man. So I'm glad that your gravy turned out good and all. But listen, uh-huh. was it worth it? Because if you put all that wine in there, you just sent all your fucking Thanksgiving guests straight to hell. Well, yeah, straight no, that's hell. what I was trying to do. I was trying to hide. Oh, cool. You want company? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I was putting lonely. drugs in everything, shrooms in the, yeah. in the mashed potatoes. A, a dash bit. of premarital sex in there. Oh yeah. Oh for sure. I, <laughs> I, I keep premarital sex in the cupboard just to throw into everything. Just a dash of this, dash just of a that. Dash, yeah. Know. It listen, nice. it really adds that umami flavor. Ew. Yeah. Mm. Ooh, mommy. <laughs> Ooh, daddy. Ooh, daddy. Yeah. That sounds pretty great, man. Yeah, it was it was great. How was yours? It was good, man. It was good. You know, we had a, a, a big old Southern family holiday meal yeah. with my wife's family, which is great. And uh, that, of course, includes a ham and two turkeys and like five desserts, none of yeah. which were pumpkin pie now that I think about it. My mother-in-law wow. made a great pecan pie, which is really okay. fantastic. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, like no pumpkin pie. How weird is that? Huh. But it was a good time. Had a lot of wine, played a lot of cards. And, uh, you know, honestly, most importantly, got to spend uh, a day with, uh, with Oma, with Kate's uh-huh. mom's mom, the, right. uh, the mega matriarch of the family who came over here um, from Germany after the war, after she endured 
an absolutely insane uh, young life over there living through the war. And uh, it's important we spend a day with her, man, because just yesterday uh, she passed away. Just a few days after yeah. Thanksgiving, she unexpectedly passed away. She had a few days in the hospital last week with like some uh-huh. fluid on her on her lungs and stuff. And oh wow, she kind of perked back up and then uh, and then just you know lost her pretty suddenly. Um, Ninety five years old, man. I mean, yeah. a hell of a long life. And I, I can't say enough about Alma, dude. Like she mm-hmm. was absolutely fucking incredible. Anybody that met her knows her, remembers her, um, loved her, would ask me about her, like always checking in, how's Elma doing? Yeah. Uh, we really thought that she would outlive all of us. I really thought that, you know, she'd be <laughs> fucking pouring the dirt on my gravestone one day uh, <laughs> and just be immortal. It's pretty right. insane, man. But she she truly, truly is a, an incredible person, man. I mean, the, yeah. the things that she endured and then coming over here to America and losing her husband and raising four children on her own in a foreign land where she didn't even fucking know the language. Yeah. The, the, the strength and the uh, determination that that woman showed is, is just unbelievable, man. She was truly, truly a treasure, a, uh, a great example of what a grandparent should be. You know, I grew up without yeah. grandparents. So whenever I got to know Kate and her family, uh, you know, Oma was, kind of a, a great example to me of like what a grandparent could be. And it was a surrogate grandmother to me as well as uh, Kate's dad's uh, mom as well. Yeah. So showed me the meaning of what it means to be a great grandparent. And uh, yeah, it was just a lovely human being, man. She will yeah. definitely be missed, but I'm so thankful that we got to spend all that time with her dude. 95 years. Yeah. That's wow. incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, boy, not, not a lot of people make it that far. Hell, no. dude! Sad. Nobody in my family makes it right. that far, and they didn't even live through World War Two, dude. Right? Yeah. No, but man, I, I that, can't that, imagine that poor thing. Like, we still, we still don't really know everything that she went through in the war because obviously that wasn't something she liked to talk about very much. Right. Um, but it definitely, you know, impacted her and stayed with her her entire life. But uh-huh. you know, she, she and her family had their apartments bombed twice. Like, just wow. come home and their entire building is firebombed and destroyed. She mm-hmm. was uh, forced to work on a Nazi work camp on a farm mm. uh, wow. for years. And wow. she would, you know, after working God knows how many hours a day feeding animals and picking vegetables and all this, she would sneak whatever rotten, you know, unwanted produce that she could. It was like three miles away to a barn. Uh huh. To her mother and brother, her brother who was mentally handicapped and thus a target for extermination by the Nazis. Wow. She would sneak them food in the middle of the night and then walk all the way back to the farm in the middle of the night to wake up and do it again the next day. I mean, the stuff she lived through is unreal, you know? Wow. I, I always say, when you think about World War II and you see all the black and white footage and it seems like that was... Middle Earth. Like, that seems like right. that was so impossibly long ago. Such a distant time, yeah. Yeah. But then, you know, I just spent 20, 22, 23 years knowing somebody who was there firsthand, yeah. living mm-hmm. in that shit in fucking Berlin, like in yeah. the heart of that shit. Um, it's pretty, pretty amazing, man. Uh, pretty amazing. So I'll always, always be so happy that I got to know Oma. She was truly one of a kind, incredible person. I will never know anybody as tough as that fucking woman nobody wow. nobody yeah. is as close to as tough as her yeah man r.i.p i certainly met her a few times oh, yeah. at various parties and she was always a fun 
uh, person to have a discussion with. She was great. Totally, totally amazing. So she'll be missed, man. Uh, but yeah, you know, on the bright side, we had time to watch a thing or two. Of course, you know, it is the time of year in which I engage in my annual Lord of the Rings watching, of <laughs> right. course. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, last year, during the holiday season, I tried to become bored of the rings, as I started saying. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. I watched through the trilogy and just left it on as I was, you know, milling around the house or whatever, as many times as I could last year, as many times as humanly possible. Right. Still did not get tired of it. It was like a week before Thanksgiving, and I was like, man, I'm really itching to start Fellowship right now. I was just dying to watch it. So, um, actually, this year, we did a little prequel action. We watched the animated The Hobbit from, like, the 70s. Cool. Yeah. How was it? Dude, it's pretty fucking rad. The animation is beautiful um it succinctly tells that tale unlike the three movie fucking arc that we were treated to (laughs) several years ago succinctly tells the story beautiful animation and uh i don't think i'd put it together that the singing and songs and uh kind of the the narrative songs that go through the whole thing were definitely the inspiration for lemmy winks on south park uh-huh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, straight up. Like, every time that dude started singing, I was like, it's Lemmy Winks all right. the way. Yeah, I, uh, that, it scared me as a kid, that hobby. Yeah, dude, yes. Yeah, uh-huh. I get it. I, I don't think I ever watched it, but, yeah, I remember seeing bits and pieces of it, and it made me feel really weird. Yeah, I, I think I rewatched it at, when I was, like, 20 or something, and I was like, I see why I was like scared of this. Like it, it certainly has like all the things that a child would be uh, scared of. the The animation itself, like it's just a little weird, a little, a little too good. I think at times. I know, for a right? Kid. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, when I watched it uh, when I was older, I was like, oh yeah, this is just good. But I could see why I was scared of it as a kid. Hell yeah, man. It was a good watch. Enjoyed it. It's on the HBO right now if you want to go and watch it again. Um, And also watch through Fellowship of the Ring. Went ahead and started the trilogy off. And uh, guess what? Still a 10. Still Uh, a uh fucking 10. Do they still have your bow and and whatnot? Mm -hmm. Yep. There's a little bit of that in there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good, good, good. God damn. (laughs) The best. I'll never get tired of them. The, the yeah, peak achievement of, of human history. <laughs> the yeah. Lord of the Rings movies. It's, Fucking uh, love it. Certainly the peak achievement of New Line Cinema. <laughs> like, definitely yeah. like the oh, best yeah. thing they ever made. And they made a lot of great stuff. Yeah, man. So other than uh, a big-ass skankbanger show we had the other day, that's about it for me, man. That show was fucking incredible we had yeah. a very special guest vocalist with us for that oh, show okay. uh brett carlisle who's the current mm. singer for great white and uh like That's the right. great white from the 80s uh-huh. uh he's a young dude and he's their new singer he's also got his own band called all or nothing which is really fucking rad and uh, dude this guy is a fucking rock star holy shit man yeah unbelievable did you, did you bust out one spit and twice shy of course we did and yeah. it was fantastic yeah. and to Good. make it even better <laughs> uh-huh. it was it was so fucking spinal tap this show had so many spinal tap moments like okay our, our intro music was like loaded up wrong and went through like four or five songs before our intro music actually started and then like before we played once bitten um andy wood did this big intro about like hey we got a special guest on stage right now he's the singer of great white i know he knows this one and we start playing the song 
and Brett just happened to totally fucking brain fart and forget the first lyric of the song. <laughs> so the intro was just going, 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 and he comes over to me and whispers in my ears like, what's the first lyric? I'm fucking blanking, man. What's the first lyric? <laughs> it was incredible. I mean, of course, That's we all really just laugh funny. it off and play it off, and it yeah. just seems it seems like a bit to the crowd. That's the fun right. thing about yeah. Skank Banger and how over-the-top and ridiculous it all is, is anytime yeah. something fails, people think we did it on purpose. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so fun, man. But that guy is a goddamn monster. I want to work with him so much more on, uh, well, with Skank Banger as well as my own projects. Amazing yeah, dude, amazing cool. singer. So very stoked on that. That's awesome. What have you been watching? Oh, man. We have we have been watching a good bit of things. We uh, finished out that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle franchise, and the, the Hell Rankers is up. Ooh. I'll tell you what, though. Um... That brand new one, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Mutant Mayhem that came out oh, this like year. Oh, the Seth Rogen one and all that? Yeah, you need to see it. Yeah. Ooh, I'm it. dying to watch it. It actually just like, it popped up the other day and I was like, wait, why haven't I watched this? I've heard nothing but good. good about it. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'll, I'll tell you what. Uh, I watched Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse this <laughs> week, too. And, yeah. Uh, which is uh, monumental achievement. Just beautiful beautiful yeah. movie so gorgeous i was on lsd while i was watching it which oh heightened God. the experience <laughs> <laughs> i would say so uh, jesus but mutant mayhem um while not uh to the same level of artistry has a great aesthetic and some really cool stuff i've seen People have complained about the the humans being ugly and it's like honestly they look like people like they they all look different like that's mm. something you don't really get in a lot of animated movies that the people all like have a distinct look mm, that's true yeah a lot of times the animation style kind of overrides individuality when yeah. it comes to character design yeah yeah so i i liked it and also like one of my complaints like i, I don't want to spoil the the hell rankers in any way but one of my complaints about theatrically released Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies has been always that it's just like Shredder like there's there's so many villains in the, the pantheon of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles villains that's like true, yeah. why why has Shredder been the villain in five out of seven theatrically wow, released yeah. movies um, and only one time did we get Bebop and Rocksteady and that's in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows which you should also watch even though it's the sequel to a movie that is not good, the, that movie itself worth a watch. Okay, um, cool. But um, this movie, Mutant Mayhem, had so many of their cool villains that I remembered from the cartoons and the toys and stuff, and uh, great voice cast and stuff. Definitely, definitely worth a watch. Did it have um, that giraffe that played basketball in it? No, I was looking for him though. <laughs> What about the guy that was made of garbage and had the banana on his nose? No, garbage guy wasn't there either. I love that guy, dude. Yeah, I had he that was action cool. figure and I loved it. Yeah, he was awesome. Do you remember the pizza chef guy? Fuck yeah, the pizza chef guy rules. He had that like huge cleaver. Yeah, it was uh -huh. cool. yeah. big old pizza cleaver. Um, so yeah, we, we watched uh, uh, also as I said, Spider Man Across the Spider Verse, uh, monumental achievement. Check it out if you haven't. Uh, Watched The Beach Bum, which is a, a kind of a stoner sort of comedy hmm. uh, with Matthew McConaughey. Um, oh. 
It's got Matthew McConaughey, Snoop Dogg, and other people you'll recognize. Uh, oh, what's her name? Crap. Is it Amy Adams? Uh, no, no, it's She's not a Amy person. Adams. It's, That's a human. No, it's, what's her name? She's married to uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. She's so cute. She's in Hot Rod. Oh, Ela Fisher. Isla Fisher. That's it. Yes. Yeah. 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 So anyway, Isla yeah. Fisher. Yes. I um. Yeah. I I enjoyed it. It wasn't what we expected. It wasn't exactly a stoner comedy so much as like, you know, it's a comedy drama type of thing. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, except for Jonah Hill's character, which he seemed to be doing a very racist accent. Oh no. The whole time. It's very uncomfortable. Every oh, time no. he's on screen. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Odd. And uh, also watched John Wick Chapter 4 just last night. Oh, dude. Fuck yeah. So you never watched it before, right? No. Yeah. Yeah. I, Did you I like was, it? Yeah. Loved it. It was great. It's gorgeous. It's just as good as the other ones, right? Yes. 100%. I had a blast. Enjoyed every bit of it. Fuck. It's, I mean, uh, you know. Uh, I, I don't want to spoil it. I guess it's kind of still new, but like, yeah, you know, the the whole thing, uh, so much fighting, so like the pace is great. It doesn't Wonderful. feel like almost three hours. Nope. I, I uh-uh. very much enjoyed it. What about that stair fight scene? Were you not oh. like just winded after watching oh. that? I was. Oh, man. Phenomenal. Yeah, it was great. I, I definitely like. You know, the, there was nothing holding me back except the runtime. Uh, and yeah. finally, we just had the time and we were like, let's do it. And well worth it. Great. great yeah, movie. same. We kind of put it off for a long time because it's like, when do we have this much time to watch a movie? But then as soon as we did, we were like, this is the fucking shit, man. <laughs> yeah, okay, this listen, is great. <laughs> I'm just saying, uh-huh. if you dead and lovelies would want us to do John Wick for our wild card Christmas episode, I fucking oh. would. Dude, I would. I do John Wick. Great call. I would love to do John Wick over the next four years. (laughs) Like that's over the over the course of the show. You know, we we initially did a couple of Christmas adjacent movies like Home Alone Alone, or Die Die Hard. Hard. Yeah, we've done the Lord of the Rings uh, trilogy, of course. But I want to hear from you guys what you all want us to do. Like, if you guys would like to hear us, John Wick, let us know. If there's something else, totally random or. Yeah, Christmassy, whatever. Just let us know on the Facebook group what you would like to hear. I would be very curious to know. Yeah, yeah, that because uh, yeah, we just we haven't come to anything definitive yet, I and mean, we got a couple weeks, and it's like, yeah, yeah what, what do you want to hear? Maybe we wick it up. Wick it Maybe up. We- wick it up. <laughs> Maybe we're plum wickens. Maybe that's what John Wick fans are called is wickens. <laughs> yes, I love I'm that. I'm a wicken. I'm a wicken. So you like crystals and sage and stuff, and you're like, no, no. no. And then you you punch them with a gun. (laughs) No, gun punch. (laughs) Gun punch. I kick a gun at you. (laughs) He he throws a gun at a guy and hits him in the head, and it's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, of course. John Wick. God, Um, such a good fucking franchise. Also watch Jumanji. Welcome to the jungle. Which one? The the remake one that came out. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I liked um, it, but I thought it was long. It was long. Yeah. It was fine. I, I didn't like, um, I, like I, I can't remember it well. <laughs> like it really was just like it kind of went through me. But it was like I'm enjoying myself while watching this. 
Uh, I, Jack Black's performance was great. He really, He's great. He yeah, really brought the teenage girl energy. I think. You know what? Yeah, he I and so. uh, he and Vince Vaughn should do a movie where they display teenage girls. Amazing. And there's no explanation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like their body switched or anything. Uh-uh, it's just, no. no. They're tr- they're teenage girls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on board for that. I would watch that. Yeah. Uh, and on Friday night uh, on the screaming chat, we watched a movie called Night Watchman, which is a Russian mm. movie that rips off the other Russian movie, Night Watch. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, so like Night Watch, but it's not yeah. that one? Uh, no, but it rips it off. It was actually okay, honestly. Uh, if you have seen Nightwatch, you know that, like, especially the American version, a little confusing. Story isn't like fully cohesive. But if you do see the Russian version, it, it makes more sense. Hmm. Um, but this, uh, it was okay. I, I didn't hate it, honestly. Uh, and I think, I, I think if maybe I had watched it just on its own and found it, I would probably be like, huh, pretty okay Russian vampire movie. But it it's also pretty dumb. It, like, very much ripping off a lot of other vampire movies. So, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then on uh, Sunday night, we watched um, a movie called Holly Blood, which was a Spanish vampire movie. And... The title is real irritating because, you know, it looks like it would rhyme with Hollywood. Yeah, it doesn't, But it though. doesn't. Ho- I was just thinking Hollywood. that as you said it, I was like, that probably looks cool in print. Yeah. Because you not- see it and you're thinking Hollywood, but as soon as right. you say it, you're not saying Hollywood. No. no. <laughs> so it sounds dumb. It sounds like, well, what, what does the Holly have to do with this? I would think that was like a Christmas vampire movie. It was Holly Exactly. Blood. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what it sounds like. But no. That's um, shot, dude. It's kind of a, a Spanish horror comedy, but the comedy is... Like it's Spanish bleh. comedy, so it's all about paella, you know. <laughs> they all really, about paella. You know what? They skimped on the paella jokes, and that might be my problem with it. Oh, that's yeah, that's an issue. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, they blew. So it. That's it. Yeah, that's what I've been watching. Man, this beer is fucking incredible. <laughs> like every sip yeah. I have, I'm blown awesome. away. Like this is one of the best stouts I have ever had. It's Whoa. phenomenal. Wow. Okay. Wow. That's a ten. That's that's saying a lot because uh, we've tried a lot of great stouts on the show and yeah. just had a lot of great great stouts out and about. This is you the best. would love this. You'd I would. Totally I guarantee you. <laughs> yeah, it sounded like everything you were saying was right, right up my alley with the like bitter chocolate flavor and stuff. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it is good. It's also getting deep in my bloodstream. I can feel mm. its alcoholic effects coursing through my veins. <laughs> Good. That's, that's, mm. that's what you want it to do, I think, right? I could probably use that. I could probably mm-hmm. use that, man. Wouldn't hurt. Well, I'll tell you what. The subject of today's show, it's got a lot of people in it. It's got a lot of people what's women. It's got a lot of women what's brunette. It's got a lot of <laughs> one woman what's brunette. What's a Mary Elizabeth Winstead? <laughs> this is the best transition ever. Thank you. I uh-huh. think so. Mm-hmm. Maybe we talk about her film career and if she's a uh, winner stead or a loser stead in some of these <laughs> movies in the preview palace. I don't know. 
Welcome to the Preview Palace. It is what it is, guys. It like, is. We're, it we're is. both on a really tight time schedule. Right, I'm trying we to are. Like, so. cram in tons of work today because of the impending funeral and family right. coming in and all that jazz. So we're tight on time. Winstead or Lustead? <laughs> That's the name of the game. That's right. So I am... We, we went through her IMDb and I found the movies that Ben has watched and we yes. will discuss whether it's a winner or a loser. That's right. Winstead or Lustead. Winstead or Lustead, man. Now, one that we have, I think, talked about on the show, right, is her role in a dang old Final Destination the yes. Third. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked about that one. I think which earlier one this year. is it? Is it the one that has the carnival at the first? Yes. I think it is. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's okay. The roller coaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. I remember now. So, I mean, for me, the Final Destination Three is the best of the Final Destination series. It's the one I like the most. It's probably the one I would say is actually a good movie in comparison to all the other ones. Uh, so, for me, it's a Winstead. I tend to agree. I cannot argue that whatsoever. Um, if you've listened to the Final Destination Destination episodes, you know, like I am a, a total, you know, nostalgia sucker for stuff around that era. It reminds right. me of being a young man, of being a young person. Uh huh. And I want to beat up the two thousands. Yeah, you want I just to want to get into a fist with fight fist. with them. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it works for the both of us. It is the best. Of the Final Destination movies, though, right? Yeah, I think so. Absolutely, it it's um, you know it's got the 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 tanning bed death, which is oh, one yeah. of the best. Yeah, awesome. And a lot of other uh, cool deaths, but also Mary Elizabeth Winstead, uh, who I just I, I you know it doesn't matter if the movie's good, she's always good. She mm. is always good. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. She's a good one, and she is a good one in that movie in that shitty ass franchise that I still I still do guilty pleasure enjoy for a lot of reasons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a fun one, man. That's a fun yeah. one. So that's a that's a Winstead for sure. That's a Winstead. What about a little movie from two thousand seven called A Death Proof? A Death Proof as part of a grind horse? Yeah, as part of Grind Horse. Man. <laughs> it, was a, it was a glue-making uh, <laughs> enterprise that Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino started. With their film production company, Gloom House. G-L-U-E-M. Gloom House. Gloom House. He's Gloom. Gloom House is pretty great. It's pretty cool, you know, and it's all about melting horses into glue. <laughs> That's not a horse it. about it. You just take a horse and you put it into a pot and you turn it on and it melts into a puddle of glue. That's right. It's not horror. It's or- horse roar. Horse roar movies. <laughs> horse roar. Gloom house. Horse horror. By yeah. the way, Horse Girl starring Allison Brie is horse roar. Horse roar. Is it? Yeah. There horse you go. Check roar. that out. Hmm. I love Allison Breeze, so I probably should. Yeah, she's great. She's so good. Probably should. Mm. But uh, yeah, Death Proof. I mean, you know, we got a got a whole cast of of uh, uh, lovely women. The whole idea is like, oh, it's these four uh, hot chicks, and they get uh, harassed by evil man Kurt Russell. They sure uh, do rustle him up. I'll tell you this. Yeah, they they do, and it's great when they do. Um, and she gets left behind with the creepy guy that she Mary sure Elizabeth does. Winstead. Yeah, mm-hmm. she does. I um, think this is the first thing I saw her in, and she's like oh, okay. the cheerleader character in that. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
and it's so fucking goddamn great. Like her her character in it is a bit overshadowed by you know yes. Zoe Bell yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, some of the other characters that are in the movie. Uh-huh. But holy fuck, man, it is so fucking good. I love I love Grindhouse. I love Death Proof. Yeah, definitely a Winstead. Absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God damn, love now, it so much, man. This one also came out in 2007. I'm more iffy on this one. Live free or die hard. Okay, it's been a long time since I seen this one. Yeah. Um, I want to say that Kevin Smith wrote it. Is that right? Ooh, I don't know. I had not. I had not Wait, heard. I might be thinking it. of Cop Out with Bruce Willis. That's what you I'm are thinking. thinking of Cop Out with Bruce. Scratch Willis. Scratch that. <laughs> I'm a podcaster. I'm a professional. I know what's up. <laughs> I know what's going on. Listen yeah. to me. I know movies. I think he's Jumps. in Live Free or Die Hard. Now that I think about it, though, you know what? That's what it is. That's exactly yeah. what it is. Yes. So he yeah, is a you were you yeah. were not wrong. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm a podcast. Take that, I'm not wrong. Everybody, uh, <laughs> unless he's not in it, in which case, sorry, everybody. <laughs> I think he is, though. I'm pretty oh, sure he, he is. He is. I just checked. Yeah, he's absolutely okay. Cool, in cool, cool, cool. It. Yeah. I so, remember yeah, it, liking it pretty good. Like it was one of those movies I remember watching in the theater and being like. This did not need to be John McClane Die Hard. Like this just right. could have been any action movie, and it would have been fine. But they just, you know, made it a Die Hard movie to sell more tickets. Yeah, that that's how I feel. And like, yeah. while she's great in it, I don't like. I don't really love any of the Die Hard sequels. I don't love them. Some of them I like, but I don't. But love dude, them. the OG is just. The OG I mean, is uh, ten. Yeah, we talked about it years ago. It's it's ain't it's nothing a to fuck. Wonderful with. movie. Yeah. So for me, live free or die hard. I'm gonna say lose stead. Mm, okay. It's been so long that it's an I don't know stead for me. It's been so long. <laughs> um, gotcha. <laughs> you know, I don't know. There's no way it comes close to the original though. No. I, yeah. It, it definitely doesn't touch that at all. Mm. She was also in the sequel to this, right? The sequel to the uh, sequel. I think only, like only in the like one version of it. Like <laughs> she's Good not day in to Die Hard, right? Yeah, I, I don't think she's in it long. That's the Justin Long one, right? I am I seriously trying to remember anything <laughs> about that movie. I want to say that I saw it. I mean, the fact that I think I may have seen it, but I don't remember, probably tells you everything. Yeah. Yeah, probably so. Mm. I don't. I don't think I've seen it at all. So I, I can't. Re- I'm gonna say stead. Just yeah, just stand stead. in the middle. Overall, stead, yeah. Don't know. Don't the best know. Die Hard sequel is Hostage. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, that is the best Die Hard sequel. Yeah. Um. What about have you uh, have you have you seen a Scott Pilgrim Versa World? I have not, but I've had a okay. whole lot of people tell me that I should see it. Do you think it's one that I should check out? I don't know. I mean, the the anime just came out. And, yeah, just come out, know, right? Uh, Anna and I had just kind of re we had she had never seen it, and I, I was rewatching oh, it for the first yeah, take time. Take shot, take shot, and didn't see, hasn't seen Scott Pilgrim until recently. Um, and when we watched it, it was like, oh, Scott Pilgrim is a an adult man dating a high schooler. Not that's, into that. That's that's weird. <laughs> but. Uh, uh, it's, it's a it's an Edgar Wright film, and of course, like the it's very creative, and and like the fight scenes are still really cool and whatnot. And you know, you got people in there who given great performances. I think Chris Evans is really cool in it. Like, there's, 
I, I'd say for me, it's a Winstead. Okay. I need to watch it. That's one of those ones that I know, you know, people love. I've had so many people tell me I need to check it out, but I've just never gotten around to it. And I, I really don't know why. Uh, I mean, I I wouldn't rush. Though I, I'm sure some people listening are like, I love Scott Pilgrim. For me, rush like, to see it. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, and you haven't seen the Thing 2011, which no, uh-uh. I if you ever you know do see it, just know every time you're seeing shitty CGI, there was there was a real practical effect made for that, and they they just got rid of it and used shitty CGI instead. Ugh. Why? why but she's good in it it's actually okay but not not great uh hmm. 10 cloverfield lane Ooh, so good man so good fantastic blows away the original the original cloverfield yeah. i think is mm-hmm. pretty cool but 10 cloverfield lane is phenomenal fucking john yeah. goodman in there come on he's so good he is so good yeah i i think without a doubt that's a winstead not even tough. absolute winstead man man yeah. that's that's one we've not done on the show. We've not done Cloverfield, have we? No, we should. We should huh. definitely do it at some point. Like, I'm not really that into that movie, but I would no, love to do no. Cloverfield Lane. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I love um, the way that that whole movie plays it so straight and in the pocket, and then it's kind of like at the end of the movie, it's like, oh, this is related to Cloverfield. So cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then there's the third one, the Cloverfield Paradox. I, I didn't see that, that one. one. I remember it's, it's all like Tommy Wimey and shit, right? It's in space too. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, it's it's interesting. But uh, oh yeah, it's yeah. about like dudes like brother who's an astronaut or some shit, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm. And uh, so yeah, uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane, Winstead for sure. Okay. And one yeah. last one that I know you have seen, A Birds of Prey. Yeah, that's right. She's in there. Yeah, we got we got our Harley Quinn. We got uh, you know her as as Huntress. Um, it's I, I the first time I watched it, I was like, ah, it's fine. And then the second time I watched it, I was like, you yeah, know, this is fun. This is a fun totally movie. Agree. And uh, fucking uh, what's his name? Oh, Obi Wan as as Black Mask. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor. Yeah, he's great. Man. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's so shitty and like hateable, yes. but so good at doing yeah. it. Right. Yeah, it um, is really good, man. I, and I had the same reaction as you the first time that we saw it when it was in theaters. I was like, "Uh," and Kate loved it. She was like, "This is fucking great. This is a really right. awesome movie." I don't know what it was that held me back about it that I didn't love it the first time. I don't but know. The second time that I watched it at home and and gave it you know a fair shot, I loved it, man. And we've watched it like a hundred times since then. It's really really awesome. Yeah, it is. So that's a Winstead for sure. Hell I'm going to recommend some to you that I Hit know me. you haven't seen. Okay. So, some other Winstead. From 2014, there's a movie called False. It's, kind, it's okay. not a not a horror movie, I don't guess. It's a deprogramming movie, so it's got cult stuff going on. So, Ooh, I love cult stuff. Yeah, yeah. so False is, is really worth watching. Cool. Uh, as, you said uh, you haven't seen the thing 2011. Eh, you know, might might be worth a shot. I want um, to just because I want more mythology surrounding that movie. Yeah. I just got to edit out those shitty special effects in my head. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, but one other thing that I would recommend is season three of Fargo. 
Uh, mm. She is so good in it. And she and Ewan McGregor uh, are on screen a lot together, and they're very good. And they're married now, so obviously I have yeah, some which, chemistry. Yeah. Hmm, nice. <laughs> yeah. I've heard so much good stuff about Fargo. I don't know yes. why. It's I've so not good. got around to watching it. Like I, Dude, I feel so, so overwhelmed with the amount of TV series. Oh yeah, and no, I understand that. that. Watch, yeah, shit, yeah. It's it's hard to just pick one. Uh, but Fargo season five just started, which is why it was in my head that I, I really enjoyed that season. I've I've liked all the seasons. Uh, I'm very interested because I know John Hamm is in this newest season, so I, I'm I'm interested in watching the new season. But yeah, I I. I think she was so good in season three. And season three also has uh, David Thewlis, uh, and he oh yeah, is, he's great. Yeah. He is creepy in it. Such a nice, great, such a great performance. Hell yeah! I need to check it out, man. Yeah, for sure. Well, there we go. Winstead uh-huh. or lose Stead. Maybe you can give us your <laughs> opinions on her greatest and not greatest roles over on our Facebook group. That's it's right. The only reason to be on Facebook. It is planet cancer. It's the worst. It is not helping you stay in touch with your family and friends. You have their phone numbers if you care about them. You're not staying in touch with them better because of Facebook. (laughs) No. But you can stay in touch with us and your fellow dead and lovelies over there. So join up today. Sign up. Hang out with everybody that's as cool as you are. Hell yeah. Now, let's talk about the subject of today's show. One Black Xmas 2006. Now, a long time ago, many moons ago on the show, we covered the OG, the Margot yeah. Kidder joint, yeah, and uh, we had of, a lot of good things to say about it. Yeah, one of the best slashers of all time, one of my favorite horror movies, like well, well up there on the list, and definitely, I think, one of the best Christmas horror movies ever made. Yeah, completely agree. It is a really ahead of its time slasher yeah um in a lot of people's opinion the first true slasher movie right uh, ahead of halloween Mm -hmm. and we had a lot of good things to say about it now several years ago i watched the what was it 2019 2019 2019. Uh yeah 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 update to this and just universally it sucks like it's a piece of shit (laughs) it's awful It's, it's not good it's not good at all it feels like you had your boomer parents write a movie from the perspective of what they think millennial liberals talk about, sound like, whatever. Yeah. It does. It sucks it, yeah. so bad. Yeah. It feels like Twitter became a movie. It's, yes. it's not fun. Yeah. But, but I've never one, seen this one. So yeah. I wasn't sure what to expect out of it. I remember you saying that you had liked it and that it was yeah. way better than 2019. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so I wasn't really sure what to expect. We watched a trailer for it the other night. And the trailer had all kinds of cool stuff in it. Um, That's not some in of the which movie. wasn't in the movie. Not, yeah. not in the movie at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> More on that as we go. Uh-huh. So I was uh, I was stoked to check this out. And uh, so I just watched it for the first time. When did you see this for the first time? Uh, a while back when I was just trying to watch every Christmas horror movie. I think, you know, if somebody uh, has a great memory of the show, you'll remember when I talked about it the first time. So it's been within the time that uh, we've been running this here show. And I remember when I saw it, I was like, this is Giallo. I'm watching mm. a Giallo film. And I had a good time with it. And then rewatched it a few years later. And I was like, man, this is good. I like this movie. And then we sat down and watched the unrated cut. 
And I was like, I don't know, man. I think this might be a great Christmas movie, a great Christmas horror movie. I love it. And everything that uh, they were trying to do with it, what Glenn Morgan's vision of it, if we had ended entirely with the movie they wanted to do, would have been maybe one of the best Christmas horror movies of all time. It's not that. Because there was interference from the Weinsteins, and that's why the ending kind of feels off in the pacing and stuff and tacked on, yeah. But other than that, other than that stuff up to that point, I am way on board. I love love the dialogue being so, like, Italian. It feels like they had, like, Dario Argento write the script and then just translated it into English. Uh, I love like the gore. I love the background of the killer. I love uh, everything going on with the sorority girls. Because instead of having you know the one Margot Kidder, you got everybody pretty much just foul mouthed and drinking and whatnot. You got the one who's drinking too much, who's supposed to be the Margot Kidder type character. But mm-hmm. the the group that we have i love they're very much 2006 college girls it's it's awesome as a guy who was in college in 2006 uh i uh, very much appreciate them capturing that feel (laughs) and i i i think this movie is good i think there's a whole lot to be gained from it i do acknowledge there's some flaws okay right on man yeah we're gonna get to them this is so different from the original. It's so different that well, sure. I, I don't think that it's even worth comparing or trying to draw a better or worse than the original in any way. Because yeah, it seems like very much like the original Suspiria versus the remake that we got a couple of years ago. Oh, sure. Uh-huh. This is very similarly, 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 like flipping the script. Yeah. Where, you know, the original, we had no idea who Billy was. This time... Right. You're going to know him. You're going to see yeah. him. You're going to know his history. And they're um, telling the story very much like we've seen in so many other horror movies where you're, you're getting the exposition about the killer uh, as we go. So we're learning more and more. But we're seeing him. Like, we're seeing him in the walls. We're seeing him kill people and stuff. It's not like Black Christmas. They're not hiding anything. Um but I feel like they had to do that because one of the things Black Christmas 1974 like really centers around is the phone, the landline phone, and that yeah. isn't going to fly in 2006. You got cell That's phones. Right. Yeah, so, that's kind of the apex of the story in the OG is that there's these yeah. calls coming from an unknown number. Yeah. Who knows who it is? Who knows uh, where they're calling from? Uh, but it, you know, they're saying some pretty body stuff, some For pretty sure, potty yeah. mouth things on Uh, that phone line yeah and that that is like the crux of the movie is finding out where the calls are coming from and then the revelation the calls are coming from inside the house but that's it's not gonna happen in cell phone days in fact we get uh, the calls are coming from inside the house moment about midway through when uh our our final girl calls 
the the girl that's been missing since the beginning i can't remember her name uh, uh claire maybe uh mm-hmm. but calls her and then we hear the phone ringing above them in the attic like that's kind of the calls coming from inside the house type of moment but you, yeah you really can't rely on all that so you gotta change it up you gotta come up with something completely new and i think that I think they did a great job of capturing because we talked about Black Christmas 1974 having a lot of elements that clearly influenced Giallo. Yeah. Like that would influence a lot of things that we would see as well as being influenced by some of the Giallo that had come before it. This mm-hmm. movie kind of embraces that feel and gives us everything you'd want from a Giallo movie. I stuff. Uh, uh, <laughs> weird looking killer, uh, incest, uh, hot crazy brunettes lighting. all over the place, <laughs> a crazy lady. Yeah. Like you got, you got every element you need for a good Giallo movie here. And it just happens to be coming out in Canada in 2006. <laughs> like, you know, what's interesting about everything that you just pointed out is I would say between the two of us. I'm probably the bigger fan of Giallo movies, right? That's true. Like, I am totally okay with the completely nonsensical dialogue, weird dubbing, gratuitous violence, bizarre nonsensical lighting, uh, and, and action scenes and kill scenes. I'm totally on board with all of that. But I can't quite put my finger on why, although I do have a few examples of why, this movie does not do it for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, doesn't mm-hmm. do it for me, dude. Like, I, I really went into this thinking about something you texted me the other day where you're like, dude, this is like an American Giallo movie. And I was so uh-huh. stoked about it. And even watching the the intro of the flick, you know, where we have Billy in his, uh, in his you know, jail cell and it's being lit all crazy with those yeah. flashing Christmas lights, which is cool. Uh-huh. And I love how, like, it just gives us, like, momentary glimpses of the killer and there's the black glove Santa kind of fake uh-huh. out at the start there. I was like, okay, okay, I'm on board with this. This seems kind of giallo. Uh, I was really ready to love it, and there's something about it that just, it did not do it for me, man. It seems like this movie is kind of a love it or leave it, right? But it's got a pretty big fan base going for itself. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, it's it's, a, it's got a cult fan base. I don't think there's... I don't think there's a lot of people out there singing the praises of Black Christmas 2006, but those of us that are, are singing them loud. Cause, you love it long time. Yeah, well, th- this we're singing this the praises of this, I think, because it feels like something was going on in the mid-2000s with some movies, some horror movies, etc., embracing some giallo elements that you don't see a lot in american horror through the 90s you see it some in the 80s but not a lot through the 90s so it was kind of coming back a little bit but it never hit because i think the movies that did it things like black christmas and i know who killed me like american audiences i feel like need to believe that it sounds stilted and weird because of the bad translation. Yeah. And so what you're doing is you're forgiving just bad writing. 
Right. Like totally. It, it, yeah. You're just absolutely forgiving it because you're like, oh, it's in Italian to English. Like, so, you know, somebody fucked up along the Someone way. Some got lost in translation. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. Whereas with this, when they're doing intentionally, like, odd dialogue, like, seriously, one of the best moments in, in anything I've seen in a long time is when Lacey Chabert says, just out of nowhere, in the middle of a very important, like, where's my sister conversation, just, I love that coat. (laughs) (laughs) And it is so fucking perfect because it feels like something you'd see in an Argento movie. It feels like it would come out and you'd be like, oh, okay, well, I guess in Italian that would have made sense. But it wouldn't. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. You're just giving it a whole lot of leeway. Whereas right. here, because you speak English and they're, it's all in English, it's like, well, why would where, why would you do that? Why would you say that mm. at that moment? Because it's funny is why. And it's good. Mm. And her line de- delivery was perfect. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. got its moments for sure, man. And yeah. a lot of that comes from the cast, which I can't really complain much about. Yeah, There's some heavy so hitters in here that you know yeah. from a lot of stuff. The aforementioned... Mary Elizabeth Winstead, as uh-huh. we said, as Michelle well as Trachtenberg. Great. Michelle Trachtenberg from all yep. that. Why? Uh-huh. It took me a while to realize that was her. Yeah, she's great, man. I, uh, you know, we, she's about our age, so we've all grown up together. We remember totally. her from all sorts of Nickelodeon stuff. But yeah, she's she's really good in this, as well as uh, Lacey Chabert. I think is, is doing a great job. Uh, Kristen Cloak, who's playing the sort of um, uh, Margot Kidder role, is is doing a great job really coming across as like, bitch, you know, like Margot Kidder tried to really just be so grating and, and whatnot. And I think Kristen Choke is doing the same, just like, or Kristen Cloak is doing the same of just like really being this I don't give a fuck type of character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Andrea Martin as the, as the house mother uh, who was in... Uh, Black Christmas 1974. I think it's a great choice. And my big fat Greek wedding. Yes. Yeah. Andrea Martin's great. I love it. It was about like three quarters of the way through the movie. Kate and I had been like, who is she? I know I know her from something. Uh I can see her in something. And it's like, he don't eat no meat. It's okay. I make lamb. (laughs) I make lamb. (laughs) She's great. Yeah. She's awesome. And yeah, she's the house mom in this, which, you know, in the OG, she was kind of the secret lush, always drinking that sherry that she had stored everywhere. Yeah. The house mother. Yeah. 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 Sorry. I was like, no, Andrea Martin wasn't that lady. But yes, the house mother was. She's the secret drunk. Yeah. Who's just like got bottles hidden everywhere. (laughs) Which is great. Yeah. And uh, and she's a lot of fun in this, too. Her death is is really fun. Her death is so interesting because that, to me, is one of the more giallo moments. To have a death that is unrelated to the events occurring. Totally unrelated. Totally unrelated. possibly related to A Christmas Story. Because there's that thing in that movie about icicles Uh can fall and fucking kill you. You know this needs to kill people every year. Yeah. So, there you go. I I think, like, yeah, because it's embracing a lot of, like, Christmassy things because as we said earlier the the lamp the leg lamp from a Christmas story is in the background oh like, and I don't think we mentioned that Christmas story was written by was it Bob Clark that also yeah, Bob wrote Clark, the original like Christmas exactly yeah. yeah so like they were and Bob Clark uh, liked the script and, and and was like instrumental in like you know uh, uh, getting sort of approval and stuff because he he liked what they were doing very so, much acknowledging his body of work yeah 
Yeah, and, and so yeah, they're they're just showing off Bob Clark stuff, which is great. I you know the Bob Clark's made two of the most iconic Christmas movies ever. <laughs> like that's awesome. True. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a pretty good winning streak right there for sure, yeah. man. So um, yeah, we've got I, a couple other actresses in there too. Yes, we've got uh, uh, what's her name uh, uh, the 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 sister that comes in plays oh, Lee. Yeah, yeah, she plays Lee. Oh, she's she's married to the director. God damn it! I oh, am really? so bad. Yeah, I uh-huh. knew that. <laughs> and we've also I, got Agatha played by a camera guy. <laughs> That's what? right. We do have that. Agnes, is it? Or Agatha? Agnes. Agnes. I Agnes, can't remember. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of yes, names in this. Right. There's a lot of characters. Yeah. Yes. Agnes. Yes, dude. Is yes. definitely like, uh, it's one of those like, kind of like uh, uh, Zelda in uh, the original Pet Cemetery, right? Where yeah. it's like, they got a guy to to be the, the, the ugly, to be the scary, right? And that's... I think, like, as far as casting goes, uh, it, it seems like it's being nice, right? To be like, no, we're, you know, we'll get we'll get a guy to be ugly, so we're not telling a woman she's ugly. But it's also like, well, you can make a person who's not ugly look ugly. <laughs> like mm-hmm. they could have yeah. gotten a woman to play it, but I'm okay with it. I think, like, because he he really does like go all out for the role. I think he does a good job. Yeah, yeah. the voice, I think, is really creepy. I saw a lot of people complaining about, yeah, the voice and the mannerisms and all this, and I I think it kind of works, honestly. Yeah, I think so, too. And I don't love the two killers thing, but Mm -mm, the reveal that that is the the little girl who got her eyes stabbed in that super brutal family murder scene. uh, I mean, that's the thing about this movie that I just, like, like, no one can deny that the gore, the kills, the eye eating, that Oof. stuff is so good because it's I'll practical. Tell you. Yeah, yeah. And, and there were so many parts in this movie where I found myself kind of tuning out and getting bored and not really being into it. And then some gore would happen, and I'd be like, "Oh shit!" Like I would, vi- you know, audibly uh, exclaim, "Like oh right. fuck!" Like that is yeah, brutal, man. Uh huh. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, so many eyes get plucked out and, and eaten. We got the the Christmas cookies made out of the mom's skin. Ooh, that's just keto. Yeah. That's just a yeah. keto cookie, dude. <laughs> that's like, a you want to bring some holiday cheer yeah. and keep your carbs down? Skin cookies. And, and the thing is that the movie also, like, it has, it's visceral. Like, you have those close shots of... Uh, Billy's mouth while he's eating Ew, the chicken gross. and then Ugh. later the close shot of him eating like dipping the skin cookies in the milk and eating it and it's so gross mm-hmm. but it's like so like you react to it like that's the thing I think about this movie that like we're talking about 2006 we're in 2023 now and it's like when I'm watching movies that come out now I want things to be real like I want to see a real room with real people standing in it and real lighting instead of a filter. And yeah. it's crazy that 17 years ago, hearkening back 17 years ago to look at a film and go, you know what? It's sh- it's shot well on film and it's got good lighting and it's got 
actresses that are just good they're all good they're doing their job nobody is talking to nothing there's no green screen it's all real so like i think some of that's playing into it too that it's like hearkening back to this time when at the very least there were still movies coming out like this and that's Mm -hmm. cool yeah that's true i can't fault it for having like shitty cgi and people acting on green screens and all that that is true that is a credit i can definitely give it um you mentioned a second ago (laughs) that there's a lot of characters in here and there are a whole lot Mm -hmm. dude the name game in this got so bad to me it got so bad to me like you know the movie starts and we're yeah we're introduced to our killer we're introduced to one female character that dies immediately. Claire. Uh-huh. Claire. We're introduced to another female character that dies immediately. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then we have everybody else living in the house, and we're introduced to all of them. All of them. Uh-huh. At the same time. And, and two dude, of them look so much alike. Very similar. Seriously, yes. when... Uh, uh, Ke- uh, what's her name? Kelly is our main, main person. When Kelly sees the sex tape on the laptop i was like is that not her dude both of us dude kate and i both <laughs> paused it and we we're like is that her or not her yeah and it's like 30 minutes later like, okay so not her then <laughs> i had such a hard time man and i watched this like stone cold sober like i was very yeah. attentive and i just felt like there were so many scenes towards the first of the movie and they kept going where it was like the dialogue was like meredith where's claire i don't know but lee is here looking for molly molly have you seen katie (laughs) katie says no i'm looking for beth beth is outside with claire and it was like i cannot fucking keep up with who the fuck is who here you're right these names belong Uh to i had such a hard time like even in my notes i was like crossing names out going back and correcting names the characters were not introduced in any kind of way that gave me any perspective or any idea of who they are. Like a movie like Pulp Fiction has twice the characters that this does. Oh, I can you name know, them all by you know name them right all. now. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. they're yeah. so distinct. They're so well defined, and they're introduced well, in a paced manner. Whereas in this, that... it's killer, somebody who dies, somebody who dies, everybody right. else at once, and a lot of them look the same. It was really hard to keep up. Uh, I mean, isn't that, though, also the case in so many Jello films where it's like brunette lady, brunette lady, brunette lady. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh I don't God, know yeah. any of their names or whatever. Uh-uh. Uh, yeah. Nope. And I think, I think that, you know, again, if, if, if that's everything they were going for, what Glenn Morgan really wanted, and I feel like it is, just bringing out that Jello feel, it does that so well. Because, yeah, True. they could all just be named girl. It wouldn't matter. It like, wouldn't matter. Mm-mm. It wouldn't matter. They're all just going to die. <laughs> yeah, totally. And it was really hard to keep track of, like, who are we rooting for here? You know, even until the last, like, 15 minutes of the movie, I'm like, who's the main character in this? I got no idea. Maybe Billy's the main character? No clue. Uh, well, yeah, and, and that's the thing is, yeah, we end up with, uh, gosh, I, okay, I, I, I'm admitting now that I am bad at the names. I just don't They're interchangeable, know. dude. Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay, because earlier I was saying Kristen Cloak instead of Crystal Lowe. Right. Because even, even the real life names. Even the real life names are the same. Kristen Fuck. Cloak is the one who plays the older sister. Her, Lee, and uh, Kelly are our final two. Right? And then she dies at the hospital, Lee. Uh, and, and you're right, like, 
all those all the other girls they look a lot alike they're all pretty similar like and, and i think it is just one of these things where it's like their names all get mixed up and whatnot because like he's he's going for that feel of like i don't even know who's who but they're all pretty yeah. <laughs> well and I, I hate to like resort to the use of of stereotype characters Right. You know, like, this one's the jock, this one's the party girl, this is the prissy sure, one, whatever. They, yeah. But sometimes that is effective yeah. to help you differentiate characters. And that's what I was going to say, is that this these characters, they all have the element of Margot Kidder that they say what they're thinking. They yeah. say whatever they're thinking, and they don't censor themselves. Which I think makes them good, like natural real characters true but does not make them distinct not in distinct. Any way. that's exactly yeah. the word right yeah. like none of them are really distinct at all yeah uh, man it, it really fucked up my watching of this movie because i was just so confused as to who was who who was related to who who had gone missing and who was alive who was in a sex <laughs> safe who wasn't yeah they were just so interchangeable to me dude uh i yeah the sex tape one i get all the others uh i can distinguish them pretty well but i don't know what their names are so i agree with you like anytime a name is mentioned i'm like who's that again but i have i have what now watched this movie a lot of times so i i do remember some of them i know eve is the one who's kind of like shy and has the big glasses and they're kind of like throwing the the shade toward that maybe this could be a yes. killer. I, I was going to say the red the herrings. Yeah. I remember like, I remember Eve. I remember Kyle, right. The dude, uh-huh. the boyfriend guy. And he, yeah, he sucks. <laughs> he, he sucks. The worst. Yeah. He's, Here's the thing. Yeah. But that's could why you take he stands him out. out. The movie? Like, could oh, you just absolutely. totally eliminate him and it wouldn't make any difference because it's not like there's really anything that his character is for other than, a kind of red herring yeah he's a red herring though yeah i think but that's you know you get that so much but at the same time dude you know it's not him no of course you know know it's not not him him. doing the killing we know it's not him yes but i i think that you know it kind of goes away pretty early on by the middle we know it's not him by the middle we just know he sucks like he was being shady because he was coming there to probably delete that video off of uh, what's her name's computer, because he, Which he I thought goes that was in a cool storyline that he yeah. was like yeah busting in the room to try to delete this uh, thing right. off this computer. Like yeah. I was actually on board with that storyline, uh, and then it didn't really do anything. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It kind of it kind of peters out. Um, yeah, but the 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 storyline with Eve gets kind of. Uh, thrown off pretty early too because we see her get she gets killed and they find her head (laughs) so here's the thing about this man and you know we're talking about how this is kind of an american giallo movie and giallo movies are always about the black black gloved killer who who is it that's doing these murders what character could it be it could be any of them it's like a mystery right so why would you make a giallo type movie and give the killer an extremely, extremely distinct physical trait that no one else in the movie has: yellow skin, because he has jaundice. Yeah. Why would you? Why would you give the killer that? Because then, anytime you see hands that are doing killing, and they're not fucking Homer Simpson yellow, you know it's not Billy. Yeah. Why even make Billy yellow at all? I I 
do want because I know that the second killer was introduced at the insistence of the Weinsteins. So yes. what I would say would be your reason would be that you're setting up that there's a second killer, but they weren't originally. No. Like if you are setting up that there's a second killer, then yeah, you show us that guy all you want, and then we are surprised to find, oh, there's somebody I know else. it's not him. Right. right. Like, I saw yeah. the hand strangling that person. They were not yeah. yellow. Who the fuck exactly. is this? But that wasn't the original intention. So I, I think it, it's the intention once you have a second killer that basically, you know, we're seeing the yellow skin doing all this. And then we see this other person and it's like, wait, what? There's a second killer. Right. Um, so I think that's the the reasoning there, but yeah, I'm not sure what the reasoning would have been in the original script. <laughs> Here's just more mess involved with that that I have a problem with. So we have the mystery killer be super identifiable, right? Uh huh. But then we have the fake out secondary killer, uh, which is Agnes, his uh-huh. incestuous daughter, who is not right. yellow skinned. Yeah, but they still try to play enough of a fake out by making them both wearing matching like pajama sets. Right. Yeah. Okay. The fuck why? Because you're watching this movie and you're seeing, obviously the skin tones don't match, but Billy yellow skin, Billy is wearing these PJs. And I saw the killer in this last scene with not yellow skin, but also wearing the same pajama set. So is this him or not? Did, did they fucking coordinate? Did they coordinate like, okay, I'm going to go to Walmart and buy this right. red Christmas pajama set. You be sure to get them too so that, that way we can match at the house. What the I, fuck is going on? That's uh, like just for the camera. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's, you know, as I said, the Weinsteins insisted on having a second killer. And it's probably just a matter of like... Glenn Morgan not exactly wanting to do it and trying to figure out a way to make it work, but it shoehorning it, yeah, yeah, shoehorning it in when it, it just doesn't necessarily even need to be there. But yeah, they did that kind of late too. Like it, they had to do some reshoots and whatnot. So like I, I, I don't, I don't know why. I don't know why. I yes, why the Weinstein's do anything they do. Now, is fuck beyond them, you know us. yeah exactly as, so, as always whenever we mention them on the show of course fuck, them, fuck yeah. the fucking <laughs> weinsteins go yeah. to hell and yeah. this is not the first time on the show that we've talked about a horror movie that has been made where they the weinsteins got involved yeah. and they're like you know what we yeah. don't like this let's just yeah. fiddle with it and aggravate the fuck out of the director yeah. until it's ruined scream three um, Mm-hmm. Screen three, exact yeah. same. I was going to say, we yeah. did one recently on the show yeah. that ended up getting all shit on because they just insisted on pissing all over it, which, yep. you know, the more you know about them, the more you're like, what fucking God awful reason was it that they decided right. to sink a movie? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know at all. But they, Pretty easy to they, speculate, but yeah. Yeah, they certainly made, um, they made it, harder for this movie to make sense which is it's gonna be an issue yeah it's uh, and it also drags the movie at the end too when you feel like you've come to an actual conclusion and then no no we gotta do this now we gotta have the hospital fight because uh you know there are two of them so you, you only got the one now there's the other one uh and that 
ends cool, but the whole all the events that occur there are just kind of like tedious. It feels agree. Like. I, I yeah. love how it ends. Like I love that final image of Billy getting impaled on the Christmas tree and the right. light shining up. You know, really behind cool. our final yeah. girl. That that's really neat. I actually like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of like an iconic uh, Christmas slasher moment. Right. But then you're like, okay, so they're fighting through the halls of this hospital and passing by nurses and orderlies and shit, and nobody is at all like bothered by this nobody notices they're like knocking over carts and screaming and yelling and what the fuck is going on come on dude it just feels so so tacked on it's like i feel like i was already on a roller coaster and then at the very end you think you're gliding back into the entryway and it's like oh a lift a lift hill and then one (laughs) final drop again like yeah, this is it's just like pace so we've weird. already done all the fun stuff like just pull us into the station let here. me go let me yeah. go already you know yeah uh yeah i agree with that i i definitely agree that like everything the wine scenes did to Ugh. the film harms the overall final product and, and there's multiple endings too right like they filmed a bunch of different endings right yeah and, and i i just I think that if you end with um, Kelly and Lee being the ones who like survive, uh, you know, they leave Billy and Agnes to die in a fire, and that's it. Like, you I'm just, okay with it. Yeah, that's fine. That's a fine ending. You don't need to tack on this extra stuff, especially no. when the original Black Christmas has that like so perfect just cold still ending of the you know killers still in the house and the phone Phone starts ringing ringing. and and the body in the attic with the bag over it said the ending of that movie is chilling i think that's one of the most iconic horror endings absolutely it is so like unresolved and unsatisfactory and just gross feeling i love it yeah and they could have done something with that. They could have had Kelly and Lee leave, and maybe we see Billy somehow like escape or something. And that like there's something to fear about in the ending or something. But no, yeah. Instead of it being this just like quiet uh, creep, it's the exact opposite. Big like hospital fight scene ending on impaled in, on a christmas tree which again we both agree is awesome very cool but yeah. it doesn't it's, it seems so unnecessary and so tacked I know, on man and even when it got to those parts where you know it, it's towards the end of the movie i think i just had to pause it or something and i was like wait there's like 15 minutes left in this yeah. so like yeah. i already know there's going to be some huge stinger yep Turns out they're alive thing in this. I mean, if yeah. you're watching this in the theater, you can look at your watch and know there's still more movie to go. Right. So this is not over. Again, it's like yep. looking on the roller coaster and seeing the track in front of you. I know there's still more stuff happening. Exactly. So yeah. it's not even surprising. Uh, but it gets to that scene in the morgue, and it's like, okay, Ag- uh, Agatha, Agnes? I keep saying Agatha. Agnes. <laughs> Agnes is alive. Uh-huh. What the fuck? That's ridiculous. And then it's like, wait, wait, okay, Billy is alive also. They pulled right. them out of this burnt down house and thought and they were dead. still alive. Right. Like they they were both they both fooled them enough into believing they were dead. Uh yeah, that doesn't make sense. But you do get a coroner drinking milk in the uh you know, the the little 
area there, the mortuary area, which is gross. And we love true. to see it. Coroners that always eating or drinking around corpses. Always. <laughs> always. It hit that stereotype, yeah. man. It did. Yeah. Uh, so that that was fun. But yeah, it, it doesn't make sense. It should have only been one. Only one of them should have been alive that if you're going to do fine. that. Yeah. Yep. And you had that weird moment in there where Lee finally opens the Christmas present that her sister gave her. And it's like this watch. And it seems like it's supposed to be significant. Right. And maybe some kind of message about chosen family. Sure. Uh, which is great. I mean, I'm a huge, huge proponent of right. chosen family over blood family. I mean, that's that's great to me. But then it doesn't really do anything with that. No, no, no. It's it's it it feels like there must have been something more to that, but we don't know what it is. So yeah, it just doesn't feel very significant in that moment. No. Uh I yeah, I I agree. Like there there are so many little issues with the script that make it like overall hurt the quality of the film like in in major ways that i feel like if glenn morgan had just gotten to make the movie he wanted to make it probably would have just been a solid christmas horror movie and we'd all be like yeah black christmas 2006 hell yeah right yeah yeah it definitely had a lot of reverence for the original there's a lot of little tiny callbacks and uh apparently the original wasn't really that violent like they really insisted the weinsteins that is insisted that a lot of violence get added to the film some of which didn't quite make it in like there was a scene where i guess michelle trachtenberg like got her eyes popped out and then dragged down a hallway with dude holding her fucking skull like a bowling ball through her eye sockets like that's (laughs) That's here's the thing that's so cool and that's so brutal and then i think about how the Weinsteins just wanted to see more women getting decimated, yeah. and I'm like, okay, gross, yeah, fucking gross. gross. Yeah, gosh, it's uh, it sucks too, because like it could just be fun. Like you you can have uh, a movie where because uh, these characters, these women are proactive. They're all doing stuff. Nobody's like a uh you know a damsel, a yeah. damsel in distress or anything. Everybody could be just badass and so when they die it's just like anybody dying in a horror movie but no as you said they do seem to revel in it and they they seem to yeah especially when it's not the original vision uh nor in you know when we look back at the original 1974 it's got moments but not a lot is shown um mm-hmm. it's got you know the you know the, the scenes up in the attic with the the plastic bag over the head and stuff that are like whoa that's crazy but it's also like not that level of violent um but i don't hate it like i that's the thing is i love the gore i love what they did because the practical gore that they put together looks so good i I would not complain about any of the gore in this for sure it is very graphic it's very visceral it's very brutal and and sudden a lot of times yeah um dude one shot in here in particular that i was like fascinated by and watched a couple times there's that scene towards the end where agnes falls in between the walls right yeah i don't know how they did that it, it looks like really the, the looks yeah it, person it, fell yeah. it looks like they fell and were like yeah. bonking their head and limbs yeah. down these you know rafters and shit the entire way down it looks 
rough. And I'm like, I guess somebody died for that. I guess so. I guess they just had to murder a stunt person to get that shot. And all the bag overhead shots are cool. Like they look yes. very visceral and really instill uh-huh. the panic that you would have if your yeah. oxygen supply was suddenly cut off. There's a lot yeah. of really well shot scenes in this. I can't fault the director at all uh, for some of the stuff that he did in this, which he also did an episode of X-Files that we talked about on a Patreon-only episode uh-huh. a long time ago. Yeah, we're talking about Home. <laughs> home, dude. Holy yeah. fucking shit, dude. Yeah. Watch that, that episode of X-Files. So brutal. Oh, man. They never replayed it. They only played it the original time, never replayed it on Probably because it's uh, fucked Fox. up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's real good. And, and yeah, this, this kind of uh, has some... Uh, similarities in some ways with the incest angle and the the mother um you know uh having children with her sons etc like yeah and it is that was a twist boy that that's a visceral gross episode it's it is oof um but yeah this does take and you know glenn morgan uh and james wong worked a lot on on x-files so this this has an x-files feel to it a little bit yeah Uh, the guy honestly uh the guy in the walls with yellow skin is something you can see in the the eugene tombs episodes of uh season one right yes there's there's definitely like x-files influence in this that i think is probably part of why i enjoy it so much like I like that vibe, and I like I like that they brought some of that into this. Though this is sillier and more over the top. Like it's crazy when you get to the gore, like just how unflinching it is, but how it's also kind of silly. Like yeah. it's yeah, yeah. a little bit wacky. Like when he's pulling out the eyeballs, it's just kind of like it, it just elicits a, a laugh out of me sometimes because it looks so goofy oh, but it's it so looks over great. the top yeah yeah just unflinchingly brutal that you can't yeah. help but laugh and also wince at the same time yeah yes exactly oh man what did you think about getting more backstory about billy to me this was a real halloween versus rob zombies halloween kind of thing where well i like rob you know, zombies halloween so Right, so yeah. so you're probably okay with it. Like I'm, okay I'm, with I'm it, kind yeah. of at odds because I I love the fact that in the original, and I know I said I wasn't going to compare it to the original much, but I I love that unknown, unseen, mysterious presence of of Billy. Like we don't even know that Billy's his name. Like it's just something that is said on those phone calls a right. bunch of times in the original. We never see him. We never know anything about him. It but, makes yeah. it very imposing. Very. Um, I don't know, Maleficent, just having this unknown presence killing these people in this movie, whereas in this one, it gives us everything. Um, almost almost could make you sympathetic because his childhood is so fucked up. It's, it's kind of hard bad, to yeah. mm-hmm. hate him, hate him, kind of like Michael Myers in Rob Zombie's Halloween. How do you yeah. feel about it? Uh, I, I think it's great. I mean, I don't think you can do the other thing. It's not possible. It's already like, been done. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and it's also not 1974 anymore. It's 2006. Everybody in this has a cell phone. Like, you're just not going to be able to pull the, oh, nobody knows anything about the guy living in our walls. Like, they, of course you do. They, there's the internet. Like, you can pull the up how many yeah. people have died in that house and exactly. find out the whole story instantly. Of course you can. Right. right? It's kind of yeah. like the original story is not tellable in the modern world. Right. 
Yeah, so all you could do then is do, uh, you know, uh, a period piece. And then what's the point? We've got it. 1974, Black Christmas. It's great. So, yeah, I, I think... I think it's the the only real choice, honestly, was to be like, okay, since we can't keep him in mystery, let's tell a story to reveal who he is. Because Mm -hmm. certainly his upbringing makes us feel bad for him, but then he does stab a child in the eye. He does do that. So... His then own we feel child, bad technically, for yeah. the child, and then that child uh, is also a killer. So, like, yeah. it's 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 like I don't really, I don't, I don't connect to them getting there. So for me, it's like, oh well, I don't feel bad for them. I don't. Yeah. It's the same with Rob Zombie's Halloween. In fact, like uh, Anna and I were talking about it when we watched it for the the Hellrankers recently. That just like. Yeah, you do feel bad for him to a point, but then he does stuff you wouldn't do. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't connect to, to that. So I, I, I think that, like, despite the fact they are showing things that make him somewhat sympathetic, in the end, I am not sympathetic to Billy Lenz because he eats eyeballs. He's also kind of Kemper, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Ed, Ed Kemper was one of the inspirations that Glenn Morgan was uh you know looking toward when writing this character and you can kind of see that edmund kemper uh hated his mom uh big big hatred for his mom ended up uh cutting out her vocal cords and uh putting them in the garbage disposal because he he hated yeah Yeah. he hated her voice so much that's a wild story about that fella right there and there's a lot of interview stuff that we have with him too uh, yeah that is highly disturbing yeah because he he's intelligent he he's a very like uh, intelligent well-spoken person who did horrendous horrendous things very uh, matter of fact about it and very matter of fact about it. he's he's not shy about telling you exactly nope. what he did yeah so Mm-mm. uh i think though that uh yeah because this is coming out in you know mid-2000s we're we're at the point where you know true crime is just all over the place on tv and whatnot and so I feel like that's why you have so many backstories in the remakes of this time with like, you know, as we said, this one gives a big backstory. Rob Zombie's uh, Halloween gives a big backstory to Michael Myers. Um, also, you know, several uh, Friday, not Friday the 13th, but uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street tries to give like a, a more in-depth backstory of Freddy Krueger. Like it, it's all about trying to i think connect to that true crime audience who has heard all the the terrible upbringing stories mm-hmm. um and and are titillated by that so i i understand why they were doing it i also understand why people don't love it because it draws away a lot of the mystery of the character and so many of us growing up through the 80s and 90s we had mystery killers people who you just couldn't read because you know hockey mask or uh uh spray painted uh, uh shatner mask shatner mask <laughs> yeah like you know so th- that's that's one way of doing things but i think it's there's no problem with the other way it just mm-hmm. isn't for everybody not everybody's sure. cup of tea to hear the backstory right why does agnes kill this is one thing i can't right, quite that's a good question <laughs> i can't quite put together especially right. when she teams up with her 
with her dad. Yeah. Brother, brother dad. Brother dad. Uh-huh. Um, who I think was a Mick Foley character, right? Brother dad. Brother dad. Pretty sure. <laughs> like, teams up with the guy who plucked her eye out when she was a baby. I don't really know why she has the motivation. Now, I know why yeah. Billy has it. I mean, he had oh, an extremely traumatic childhood, but like, why Agnes? And why would she team up with the guy that caused her trauma? Her? Yeah, I, I can't, I I can't make sense of that. Yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't connect with me either. I also, and again, that's just because the Weinsteins wanted a second killer. So now you got to make that make sense. And it doesn't, it doesn't really make sense at, at that point. It's like, Agnes, it seems to me the most unlikely thing that Agnes would do would be team up with her brother dad and kill people. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it doesn't seem like that would happen to me. So I I don't really know about that. There were some problems with the release of this movie. It was a huge flop. Um, yeah. In fact, the the director what? said like if if this movie didn't do well, he'd never direct a movie again, and it didn't do well, and he's never directed a movie again. Well, I mean, it made twenty one point five million on a nine million budget. That's I, okay. That's better than I thought. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I don't. I think the reviews wise, it certainly wasn't received well. But I think it it probably didn't make enough money for the Weinstein's. I would say. Well, they and that's, have, that's kind of the factor that I wonder about. Yeah. Is like, is it the fact that it didn't make enough money that made him not want to direct again, or is it just his experience working with the piece of shit Weinstein's that made him be like, I don't yes. want to be a part of this industry? That seems more likely to me. Yeah, it seems way more likely to me too. That you know, especially because he did a good job. Like he really did a good job. Like especially c- compare the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Like not not even close. In which also stars of like one quality. of our characters from this right yeah yeah not no. even close though in terms of like quality so no. he did a good job the weinsteins just yeah they suck they suck <laughs> that's kind of the final conclusion on that that the weinsteins suck so much that it wouldn't matter if this movie had made hundreds of millions of dollars he probably didn't want to work with them ever again didn't want to work with them yeah. yeah and you know this this suffered something that I've seen other properties suffer from. Um, I've seen my own YouTube videos suffer from, and I can go back and now be like, well, of course. Uh, this movie came out on Christmas Day. And yeah, okay, which is a blockbuster day normally. Like, if people are yes. going to see a movie, it's the family going to see one of the big titles. Exactly. Which is probably not Black Christmas 2006, yeah. But but then the problem is, and again, I'm thinking in my own terms of like, like years ago on my YouTube channel, I would always release like something very Halloween-oriented on, you know, Halloween, like on the The worst of, day to do it. The worst day to do it, because yeah. here's the thing. It's over. The very next day, nobody gives a shit. Yeah. Like after the entire, yeah. you know, for most of us, like a month worth of being bombarded by Christmas shit. Yeah. You release something on Christmas. Yeah. The next day it's expired. Yep. It's like putting out a, a fresh fucking jug of your finest milk in the store that expires that day yep. and it doesn't sell and you're bummed out. It's like, well, yeah, it's expired tomorrow. Nobody cares about it as soon as it's out. Essentially, and, uh, the Weinsteins did everything they could to make sure this movie failed. Exactly, dude. Fuck right. them, man. Yeah. Fuck them. Yeah. No, I think it's, I think, like, yes, you're right. If this had released 
late November, early December, uh, people would have seen it, maybe. And the people that saw it would have been like, hey, I had a fun time. Good gore. Yeah. More people would have went and saw it. Whether or not it's a great movie or not, it's just a, the type of thing that happens around that time. People have a little free time. Maybe they're out of school, etc. They're going to go see a movie. You're right. On Christmas Day, you've are, it's already expired. There's yep. nothing. Nobody's going to talk about Christmas tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> tomorrow, we're moving on to New Year's. Are you going to go watch a Christmas movie? Of course not. No, I'm done. Christmas is yeah. over. Yeah, you know? yeah. So yeah, you're right. And also, interestingly, releasing it on Christmas caused a a backlash among Christians. I mean, oh. what doesn't piss them off? Yeah, but, really. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they they were upset that uh, it was going to be released on Christmas, and so uh, they they were threatening to boycott it. Which, of course, like what? So, <laughs> like, duh. Yeah, you're not going to come. I get it. Yeah, uh, for real. Yeah, you you'd have gone to see this if it came out on December twelfth. Come on. Yeah, and also like the the answer that you know people gave to them was pretty obvious. Like horror movies have been coming out around Christmas forever. In fact, ghost stories and horror tales are a part of Christmas. This movie yeah. itself says that. There's a line in here about how the Christmas season is in fact about haunted and horrid tales that's what yeah. it's always been about uh, it's just you uh war on christmas weirdos that think it's about mariah carey and shopping <laughs> yeah have you ever heard of a christmas carol it's about right? ghosts it's about ghosts it's about a guy who is terrible and ghosts say hey if you don't fucking stop you're gonna die alone and he's yeah. like oh shit i better change my life well hell you want to go fucking way back I mean, if you're even like, no, it's about Jesus. What's he become? A fucking go 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 ghost. Of course he does. And a zombie. Yeah, and a zombie. It's probably the most horror of all holidays. Wow, good point, man. It really is. You know, ghosts, zombies, everything. Yeah, yeah. I think that, like, you know, you're right. Like, the issues with the film. I think would have been overlooked um, because of how fun everything else is. If this had been released in a timely fashion and if the Weinsteins had not interfered and insisted on a second killer, this would probably be a a Christmas horror movie that people talk about. Whether Mm -hmm. it would ever be anyone's absolute favorite or not, I, I don't know. But it'd be one that people remember fondly. But the Weinsteins, they have the medal. They have to come in and screw with everything. Um, and that does make a less good film in the end and also caused it to not make as much money as it definitely would have if it had been released a little bit earlier. But I still have a fun time with it. I still enjoy it. I'm glad you do. Like yeah. I really, really wanted to, especially after watching the trailer and seeing that it looked like a fun Christmas slasher giallo kind of thing. Yeah. I was really stoked to watch it. And then when we turned it on, I don't know, like it, it was just all this name game, interchangeable characters. Who the fuck is any of this? I know the killer is not the killer because he's yellow for no uh-huh. fucking reason. Like just d- d- make him not jaundiced. And then it's mysterious. Why did you do that? I cannot figure that out. Well, cause um, that, that that they didn't plan to have two killers while they were exactly the movie. right. 
So yes. that's the, again, we got answers for your your questions, uh, and there there was no solution because the producers fucked it. Like yeah, you, totally the answers fucked are it there. It, Glenn Morgan would have made a much better movie if he could have. I think it's so weird, man, that like the Weinstein's absolutely sabotaged work that their name was attached to they like had they just done it foiled it a few years before with scream three like on they, purpose they, they, they knew they did it so many times and it's like ego they they probably just wanted to say that they made a decision about the film and so they made a stupid fucking decision and then forced it because they need to feel like they're in charge and have power it's such pieces of shit, man. Yeah, it sucks. Fuck yeah. them, man. Yeah. Fuck them. Yeah, so it, it's disappointing that their involvement in it changed the original vision, which was, yeah. you know, apparently heralded and really supported by the original creator of this yeah, franchise. Yeah, Bob Clark liked it, so yeah. it probably would have been a better movie. And again, as we see, uh, you know, it's it's undoubtedly Glenn Morgan shoots a good movie, uh, yeah. and and the movie looks good. So like. I, I, I yeah, I think we could have had a better version of this, but the version that we have is one that I find entertaining. Uh, it's you know, I, I we're coming to rating this, I would sure. assume, right? Yeah, it's um, you know, it's it's not above uh, the original. It's certainly not above some of my other favorites, like uh, you know, uh, the finished one. Damn it! Uh, oh <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, that one. Fuck. Um, what is yes. it called? Holy shit! We did it on the <laughs> we, we show. Yeah. What's the matter with us? I don't know. It's it's not above that or something like Krampus. Krampus yeah. is one I, I certainly love, but it, it's for me. It, it's in regular rotation now. Every Christmas, Good. I I am watching it uh, along with something like Anna and the Apocalypse, which I know you also don't like. Right. But I I very much find this entertaining and fun, and I like the cast so much. Like it, I I just think like this is probably the hottest cast you could put together in 2006 i'm just thinking mm-hmm. and that to me is fun and then the the gore and i like the i like the backstory don't love the ending uh i'd say for me it's like uh it's above average but we've talked about it it's got its problems i would say like a six to a six okay. and a half for me yeah I'm glad that you like it. I'm glad that you found another Christmas horror movie slasher that you right. dig, that you'll enjoy yeah. year after year. I don't see myself revisiting right. this one. Uh-huh. I, I had such a problem with how interchangeable the characters are and how the name game just got ridiculous. The, the, the pacing of the movie was really odd to me, and some of the editing choices, which, again, I acknowledge are probably not the director's original vision, Right, uh, but more due to studio interference. Sure, there's so many scenes where it's like five seconds with this character, and then total scene change. Now we're with this character for ten seconds, then we're back over here. Now we're back over here. It's like very ADD in the editing choices, and I, I don't think that that's any fault of the director. I think that that is just them trying to tell the story that the studio made them tell, right. which is a bummer. You know, I can only. I can only rate this as what I saw because right. I never saw the original Absolutely. vision of, of what this was supposed to be. Um, but yeah, I, I had a hard time with a lot of the things in this movie, even though there were good moments. There was some great cinematography. The lighting was really cool. There were some shots that were really, I don't know, just 
oddly weird. Like I said, the falling through the wall scene was sick. The uh, yeah. the scene where we have young Billy escaping out of the attic and like crawling down that hall. Something mm-hmm. about that was really weird to me that I I enjoyed yeah. seeing. That was like yeah. a moment that stuck out in my head. So it's clearly made by somebody who has chops. And then there's other scenes like when. Like the girl who's like a lush, um, she uh-huh. was in bed asleep, and one of the killers, I think Agnes, like crawls into bed with her, and it was just all these like scenes of like rustling sheets. I could not tell what the fuck was going on, and I think that that was just stuff that had to be reshot, added into the movie. No, due there were to the demands of Harvey and um, no, Bob that Weinstein. was on pur- that was on purpose. They, they weren't showing yeah. us what was happening. And then later, her arm is over her eyes. So, again, we don't know what happened. All and right. then it, the reveal. I think this is a movie that if you watch a second time in a few years when you've forgotten about it, you're going to be like, Maybe. why did I hate this again? Who knows, man? I, yeah. I do that with movies sometimes, you know? Yeah. Uh, but for me, first time watch, mm, wasn't in love with it. Um, I'm going to go like a three on this one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Bit lower, but maybe that's not the opinion of our loyal and lovely listeners. Maybe we need to find out from them over on our uh, Facebook page. That's right. Head on over there. your boys. Mm -hmm. We got that Facebook. We got the Instagram. We got all the whatnots over there on the Linktree page. Linktree forward slash dead and lovely. Yeah. But also, guess what we got? Patreon. Oh, Patreon. Uh, head on over there. There's a episode up, uh, Hell Rankers of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theatrically released uh, uh, movies. Well worth listening to. Anna and I had a blast recording it. Uh, also, uh, if you become a patron on a $5 level, you get to throw a movie into the smoking bowl. And then Ooh. we uh, cover the movie that we draw out of the smoking bowl once a month on the show. We just did it with Society just last week. Hell yeah. Maybe the next could be yours. So don't delay. Sign up today and also be sure to, uh, yeah, follow us on Instagram and all that other shit you can find on Linktree and listen to the next episode of the show in which we're covering a movie, which I kind of can't believe we haven't done yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's always about when to do it because some people say it's a Halloween movie and some people say it's a Christmas movie. Mm. And I say it's both because it starts at one and ends at the other. It's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Finally, how about we get to that one and we'll give it a good old chin wag and talk about this goth boy goth girl classic on the Uh next installment of dad and lovely in which i shall be uncle ben and i'll probably still be hollywood steve maybe we'll see how it turns out you know (laughs) maybe i'll change it up maybe i'll become uh you know prince change his name to a symbol i'll change my name to prince pretty neat maybe we do that you'll Mm -hmm. have to tune in next week to find out we'll catch you then Now, I've had something on my mind this week with it being the holiday season and all. I just want to point out something that I think is extremely unfair, okay? Okay, point out. You know, I'm here to bring justice to things that I think are not being done right. You know, I'm here just to try to make things fair. I know that about you, yeah. Mm -hmm. Everybody's beloved Christmas favorite, 
a Christmas story, right? We got right. little Ralphie, uh-huh. you'll shoot your eye out. Mm-hmm. And of course, since that movie, everybody has been all crazy about that leg lamp, right? It's like, oh, a leg yeah. lamp, mm-hmm. Christmas story, you know, fishnet leg with uh, the light bulb at the top and stuff. It's in the very movie that we watched today. That's true. That is mm-hmm. very true, yes. And again, it's given a free pass, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, but fucking Ed Gein does it and everybody's in an uproar. <laughs> Come on. That's a good point. Why is one leg lamp okay and another one is monstrous? You know what it is? You know what Hmm. it is? It's the people that have the balls to be outsiders, you know? And they're Hmm. the first to come across ideas like leg lamp. That's true. It's always the innovators, right? Yeah. Then it's like, oh, burn him at the stake. And then 20 years later, we're all Maybe it's a leg lamp. Maybe it's a leg lamp. (laughs) Maybe we'll try this out. Hey, what about a leg lamp? Hey, hey. Is that Jimmy Stewart? Was he a leg lamp aficionado? Jimmy Stewart probably had a leg lamp. Probably. (laughs) I'm thinking. It's unfair, and I just want to see it stopped right here. No, I'm with you. Listen, we need to get a petition going. Normalize leg lamps. Normalize (laughs) leg lamps. Okay? I mean, what? Just just, Okay. Let's just say, for instance, somebody loses a leg. We're just supposed to throw that away? We're not not really, right? We're not supposed to, uh, uh, you know, put some electrical wiring inside and turn it into a lamp? It's called upcycling. Look it up. Look it up. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Don't be mean to Gein. Don't be mean to Gein. (laughs) We're Ed Gein's supporters now. (laughs) (laughs) We've turned the page, and it's all in the name of justice. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.